And now, the starting lineup for your minor league baseball show of record, up on deck. Leading off from Simi Valley, California, Jeffrey Hinkle. Batting second from Bethesda, Maryland, Jake Brown. Batting third from Kansas City, Missouri, Jack Bartlett. And batting fourth from Kensington, Maryland, Ethan Schwager. This show is brought to you by BlazeRadioOnline.com and first pitches are every Wednesday at 9. This is Minor League's Major Show. This is this is Jeffrey, and that's Jake and Jack, and you are on, up on deck. Hello, hello, Keith. It's hey. been a while. Hey, how you guys doing? Pretty doing good, right. pretty good. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Awesome, good to hear from you. Well, oh, we're getting another call. This is Ethan Schweiger. He is also part of our show. Ethan, say hello. Hello, Keith. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Awesome. Pretty good, pretty good. Both uh, Ethan and I are from uh, are from uh, the uh, Montgomery County. So, <laughs> oh nice. We got we got another we got three Moco people on here. Awesome, man. Well, let's get into it. Um, so, what do you think is so special about um, the minor leagues, and from your from your own experience? Oh man. Well, I guess it's just. Um it's just kind of a different brand of baseball. You know, it's kind of that in between when you get the, between the, the college level and the big leagues, um, people from all walks of life, um, and all different ages and things like that. You know, when, when you're growing up, everything is pretty much separated by age group and the minor leagues is the first time it's really separated by skill level. I mean, you'll have guys as young as 20, 21 years old in triple a, you also have some 35 year old guys, that have time in the big leagues that are trying to make it back that are at that level too. And it's just kind of a, a the mix of players from a, the entire across the world playing together um, is, is kind of what makes it pretty cool and, and something unique that you don't see uh, throughout like youth and amateur baseball in the country. Right. Well, that's a, that's a great way to, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. You get, you get really everybody from, from all walks of life playing in the, playing baseball for, you know, some people are on still big league contracts doing like minor league rehabs and then some people are just trying to make it make it a job, right? Um Jake, you have anything to ask or Yeah, well, Keith, again, like I said, it's been a while. It's been about uh 6 years or 7 years since I interviewed you at uh the spring training complex for the Diamondbacks yeah. a while ago. Do you uh do you remember uh doing that interview with me? Yeah, definitely remember sitting down with you uh, right out there at the complex. <laughs> I I just want to know. I think I think now is an appropriate time to ask. Uh, what was it like when you heard that a fifteen, sixteen year old kid wanted to interview you for their school paper? Oh man, it was definitely. I definitely was caught off guard. I I, I wasn't like a big name or anything like that by any. <laughs> um, 
you know. So when the PR department came to me and said, hey, there's somebody here from a newspaper who wants to interview you, I was pretty shocked, um, you know, kind of that unheard of. And then finding out that you were at Walter Johnson, it made a little more sense. And, uh, no, I, I was I was actually uh, pretty honored, you know, like I said. I was mm-hmm. uh, just barely had a month in the big leagues. It was my first big league spring training, so – you know, like I said, pretty much kind of a nobody um, at that camp with a ton of big names. Um, so uh, caught me off guard at first, but more than happy to do it. As soon as, as soon as I found out you're you're you know another Montgomery County kid, I was like, all right, that makes way more sense, and I'm more than happy to do it for for someone from back home. Yeah, it, it, I remember like I remember that really well. It was it was a very very uh, great twenty thirty minutes. Uh, article turned out great. I mean. You know, seven years later. <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyway, back to um, minor leagues. Uh, you were a reliever uh, in the big, or not in the bigs, and in the minor leagues for um, about uh, nine or so seasons professionally. I want to know what yeah. was your favorite city in the minor leagues uh, that you've played in, either as a visitor or at home. Uh, favorite city was probably either El Paso or, um, that was probably my favorite city being home. A lot of that had to do with the stadium though. The stadium was like two years old. Um, and the amenities for the players were unreal. And I was in AAA with San Diego at the time on the road. My favorite city was probably Nashville. Um, it was AAA for Oakland at the time. I'm not sure who they're with now. But that that was my first time ever going to Nashville. And um, not only was the stadium amazing, but we were in a good spot and we had plenty of time to to check out Nashville and and kind of get a a feel for the food and the music and just the city in general. So those were two, probably two of my favorite spots. Um, The upper levels kind of had my favorite cities just because they were a little bit bigger, whereas the lower levels were a little more um, rural and, and cities you've never heard of so right. definitely those are probably my two favorite yeah but that's what i think makes kind of that's what makes minor leagues minor leagues is like one day you could be playing in like i don't know Kannapolis, north carolina like a, a rural small town <laughs> city like that and then the next day you could be playing in like albuquerque or in nashville like a bigger city with a bigger like a bigger life i guess i don't want to say life but like a bigger social Contract. More more people yeah. coming to the game. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the thing is, too, you you see areas that you don't realize that are awesome areas. Like being from the East Coast, being from a DC suburb. Uh, you know, I, I get after the draft, I go out to Scottsdale for a mini camp for a week, and they say they sign me to Missoula, Montana. And like I said, being that East Coast guy, I hear Montana, and I go, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and and I get there, and it was one of the coolest cities, one of the towns, I guess, one of the coolest towns I've ever been you know, been able to see. And, and that was my first stop in the minor leagues, you know, for a home park. And it's still one of the cooler places I've been that wasn't, like, a major city. Also one of the coolest names of a team that I think I've heard of, the Missoula Ospreys. Uh, that's yeah, cool. yeah, oh, yeah. That's, a, that's a great name, uh, Ethan Schwager. What do you have to uh, What do you have to ask? Well, I want to. I want to. My my big question right now is, um, you know, you spend a lot of time in the minor leagues, but when you're in the minor leagues, the next step, right? You're trying to focus. Say, what can I do to get to the big leagues? Now that you look back at your minor league career, you know, small towns and, and these fans that you played for a little bit more. Now that you're not, you know, necessarily striving for 
thing in the future and you can kind of look back at all these cool plays. So he's kind of cutting it out, yeah, Simon, I mean, but I, I think yeah. I think his question was, um, you've been to the minor league towns and you've played in all these smaller towns. Like, what is, what is the the overall culture like in the smaller towns versus the bigger towns like, like you know, in Phoenix Nashville or, in, <laughs> or in yeah or in El Paso, Albuquerque, etc. Like, are the fans are the Looking fans back. more are the fans more like welcoming in smaller towns than they are uh, in the bigger towns? I'd say they would just because there's not much else to do in those towns. You know, the minor league baseball team is the show. It's the only show in town. Um, not to say there weren't great fans in, in larger areas. Like El Paso had a great fan base because it was a brand-new team, um, and it was something exciting. But uh, even as a visitor, I remember, you know, uh, stadiums getting packed out and sold out. And granted, it's only, you know, five, eight, ten thousand 10,000 fans, but they were invested in the team. They're invested in the outcome of the game, and they're invested in the players and the lives and things like that. At the lower levels, too, you had host families. I mean, so you were ingrained in the community immediately, and that was one of the big things that no matter where I was, as long as we had host families, they would always tell us, you are now a part of this community, so you know, make sure you guys act like it because all eyes are on you. And the fans definitely in those smaller towns um, would almost live and die on every pitch and every hit and everything. You know, each game, you know, you get home from a road trip and you're gone for a week or something like that, and they know every outcome of the game, and they followed it and tracked it online or watched it online and things like that. So um, the fan bases, even though they were smaller and in smaller areas, they almost were more excited for what we were doing on the field. Right. All right. And um, we've we've got a more accurate uh, question from Ethan. Uh, he asked because we he was cutting in and out earlier. He asked, "Do you look back more fondly now uh, on your minor league career now that you don't have to focus on trying to make the majors?" Yeah, I get that question quite a bit. As far as like you know, a, a lot of the people when they find out I played baseball, they, the general question is always. Uh, do you like? Did you like it? Was it worth it? And it's easy for me to say, was it worth it? Or, yes, it was worth it because I made it to the big leagues. But I always follow it with saying, even if I didn't make it, I wouldn't change it for the world mm-hmm. because that experience, I got to see the country and got paid very little, but got paid to do it <laughs> um, and got to play baseball. Uh, you know, uh, you know, while I did it, so I wouldn't have changed it. I wouldn't have traded it for the world. I look back and and I got. Uh, I tell guys all the time, I got stories for days if they wanted to hear them um, <laughs> about minor league life and like bus trips and hotels and, you know, stuff that happens at the field and the ridiculous in, in between inning promotions that I've seen and, and, you know, epic fails of those and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's definitely something I look back on and, and I would never change, you know, change that career path, whether I made it to the big leagues or not. So yeah, you, you brought this up. That was, that was actually going to be our next question. What was the, what is the best promo that you've seen ran at a ballpark? Best or most well? Oh, my favorite one. My favorite one ever was the vegetable race in Salt Lake City. It was at Smith Ballpark, <laughs> which, is a, which was a grocery store chain. I got two of them. That's, that's probably my favorite one because the bullpens at Smith Ballpark, uh, so Salt Lake City was the AAA for, for the Angels. I think it still is. Um, and they'd have four people dressed up as vegetables, like giant mascot vegetable costumes. And they'd have to run from home plate all the way around the warning track back to home plate. And the bullpens were on field. So it was kind of like a running <laughs> joke that we were, we, were, we were on the third base, uh, third base side, so they had to come by us last. And we would stand and stretch. I actually think my, there might be a video of it. I used to have a video of it. 
we would stand and stretch right on the foul line. So in order to go bias, they had to go over the bullpen mounds. Well, they can't see. So they don't know when that incline oh, no. is coming. And we would stand there every game. There would be like 13 of us, 12 of us on the line stretching, like fake stretching. <laughs> and um, multiple times we would have, you know, the banana would eat it and go face first into the mound and things like that. So um, that was fun just because the crowd, got, you know, you got a huge pop from the crowd if, if somebody dressed up as a, a grape. Um, goes face first into the dirt and the other one that I really liked was um, in Lake Elsinore which was high in the California League in California uh, Southern California oh the storm they yeah the storm they would do um, they would have a guy dressed up as a track guy like a local track kid out of college I think he was in college dressed up as a squirrel (laughs) and kind of like the flash in Atlanta yeah Um, somebody would somebody would race the squirrel and um, he would let them, you know, get halfway there and be kind of in the lead and then absolutely blow by whoever it was. And it was one of the more impressive things I've seen. Like, just that much speed was pretty impressive for going, you know, from foul pole to foul pole. Did anyone ever beat the squirrel? No. No one ever beat the squirrel. <laughs> Um, not in the games I saw. We were always, we were always a road team, but I never not, – not the ones I saw. <laughs> All right. So, he – well, you, yeah. wait, can you hear me? I'm just kind of. Yeah. Schweiger, just send just send I, your questions to us, and we'll 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 ask them. Okay. I mean, I'll find out. Wait. Uh, okay. I'll send you my questions because then I'll I'll go to a different place where I can actually get service. But okay. We can hear you fine now, Schweiger. <laughs> um, anyway, so moving on. Um, so what was so you talked about some of your funny interactions with like mascots and you know and whatnot what were some of the funniest interactions with fans like you being a a relief pitcher you've got plenty of downtime in the bullpen like what's your funniest interaction that you've heard with the fan um there's one that comes to mind in nashville where the we were in the right field corner and the wall is elevated so the fans would sit on top of us probably about 15 15 to 20 feet up above us and we would put a cup um, in the dirt. I'm sure you guys have seen this game. He put a cup in the dirt <laughs> and buried a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then people would throw quarters at the cup. <laughs> and if they made a cup in the uh, quarter in the cup, we'd give them a baseball. Huh. And whatever they missed, we would keep. So we ended up with like 35, 40 bucks, which doesn't sound like a ton of money, but you know, when you're on that minor league salary, exactly, um, that can at least get you at least get you a couple, you know, drinks or whatever you're looking for that night. And um, we ended up making a decent amount of money, and we did it every night until actually a mom complained to the general manager of the Nashville Sounds. And then next thing you know, our farm director is calling our manager, and we got chewed out for that one because they said we were stealing money from little kids. No. Um, oh, come on. on. Yeah. Ruin the fun. Come yeah, on. So, Always has to right, be those so parents. That was fun. <laughs> Right, exactly. And then some <laughs> other ones I can think of were like in Rancho Cucamonga and um, – some other towns like that where the bullpens were at level and it was kind of like a beer garden uh, next to the bullpen. Most of those fans were mostly just trying to either give us food, which some guys would take, or, you know, you know, most minor league fans aren't great at heckling, but they would give it their best shot. Um, and those were always come up with some good jokes and things like that. So those are some good interactions where just fans were, you know, a little more cordial to the visiting team. Uh, when it was, came to, like, being a home team, most of the fans knew who you were right. uh, because, you know, they came to every single game, so it was more like saying hi to a friend type of deal. They didn't really mess with us too much, but 
the visiting side, they would always try and do something to kind of get our attention. <laughs> there, there are some good spots. There are some better spots than others, but. Nice. Uh, um, so earlier you mentioned that in the lower levels you guys had host families, and I was just wondering, mm-hmm. what were those, what were the host families like? At first, it's a little awkward. Um, in college summer ball, for the guys who went to college, you put in the upper level Division One college summer ball leagues, you would have host families, so you kind of get your first taste of it there. Um, but at the minor league level, it's, it's a little awkward at first. I mean, you're a random person walking into another random person's home and calling it your home for the next three, anywhere between three and six months, depending on what level it is, if it's full season or short season. Um, but those people, I always say, the people who are willing to open their homes to random strangers and let them live there are absolute absolute saints because uh, I could never do that myself, even though I went through it. Um, and those people were always so nice. Um, they were not required to do anything for us as far as, like, food or, you know, anything like that. But I was invited to family dinners, like Sunday night family dinners. I was, you know, people would buy my gro- – my host families would buy my groceries. They'd say, hey, you know, here's a list of stuff. Add to it, whatever you want. Um there was a, uh, in Missoula, we were required to pay at least $300 in rent or maybe a month. Maybe it was 150 because I lived with a roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, and the host family was like, we can't take this money. And the GM said, you have to, like, through the, like, the contract of being a host family, they have to pay some kind of rent to you. And they said, all right, perfect. I'm going to go buy a mini fridge, their groceries. So each month they would buy us $300 worth of groceries and, and you know, a, whatever we needed. Um, those people were just, so nice and inviting and for no reason you know other than being good people and it the awkwardness of the you know first day or two quickly wears off um and it becomes easier uh so i got very lucky with my host families right do you still keep in touch with uh that host family now um some of them i do not all of them um i think i had three or four different ones you know, the occasional random Christmas card or, or hey, how's it going text, um, you know, every every few months. So that's something that's actually I didn't even realize I do or anything because I just see them as friends now. Um, so or like second moms or some, something like that. So, um, yeah, actually, I do with about I think two of the three of them. I, I'm, I'm keep, you know, somewhat regular contact with. Did any of these families have like were any of them like super big? Um. The very first one I was in in Missoula was not. It was just a husband and wife. And then the second one had children, but they were grown. And same situation in the third one. They had children, but they were grown and out of the house. So, And they were all just great fans that had done it for years. It was never like the first year they were doing it. It was just a a standard, you know, we know we're going to host a certain amount of players, and, and they would do it. Were um, there ever multiple, like, teammates who would be living with the same host family? Like, were you living with a teammate? Yeah, we would try and do it that way. At least I did. I tried to get with a roommate in case it was that awkwardness. Um, Because, again, you're walking in sight unseen and you don't know these people. Mm -hmm. Um, There were, I would say, majority of host families would take at least two two players. Uh, Occasionally, one would take a solo. Um, I always lived with somebody at least one person and um one host family actually lived with two other players so we would just make sure we kind of just you know you found someone you liked and could hang out with you know hours on end more than you do at the field and kind of just 
try and find a host family that had enough room for you and that person. Awesome. Well, so we're going to thank you for elaborating more on the host family. That sounds a lot. That sounds really cool. It sounds like you, you definitely connected with people just for the heck of it, just because you were playing in Missoula, Montana, and you couldn't find a, like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. You just, it, it they're, they're the only people. Yeah. I mean. And they're so, good people. Um, we're going to yeah, get back exactly. into, more, into more fun stuff now. So, Jake, do you want to ask Ethan's e- Ethan's next question? Yes. Uh, so, Ethan, Ethan Schrader asked, in 2014, the El Paso Chihuahuas pranked Jeff Francoeur into thinking teammate Jorge Reyes was deaf. Do you have any good yeah. teammate prank stories? Maybe not to that extent. Yeah, definitely nothing to that extent. That made it play almost <laughs> na- I wouldn't say nationally, but at least in the baseball world was, was very, very well known. Um, <laughs> the only pranks I could really think of were only done on field. Um, and it was like more like, you know, the bubble gum on the hat and, you know, things like that. Um, nothing, nothing to the extent of a, a season long, uh, prank. Um, so we usually, I, I usually didn't give it out too much just cause I didn't want to be the butt of the joke at the end of the day, you know, when someone getting me back. But as far as like just seeing it, it was mostly just small things like that. You know, someone's doing an interview and you start spraying them with water, throw a seeds at them and, and the, you know, blow a bubble and stick it on their hat. Um, mostly the stuff you've seen, I'm sure, you know, throughout even Major League Baseball. <laughs> right. Done, so. a, like that. One of my favorites from uh, the 2020 season was the um, when uh, Victor Robles had the um, praying mantis on his hat. That, was, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't more of a prank. That was just yeah, a natural, it, that, natural phenomenon. But uh, so going I on. I put it there. Did they? Either way. Uh, going on. So you were, again, a relief pitcher. You had a lot of time in the bullpen. What was your favorite thing to do to help you pass time in the bullpen? Or did you just sit there and watch the game? No, no, you cannot just sit there and watch the game. You'll go stir crazy. Um, <laughs> so we we would do different things. But um, I know in South Bend, that crew, we would have almost like a trivia. We Each one person was in charge each day. We had like 11 or 12 guys in the pen we would rotate and you would have to come up with like 10 trivia questions and answers. Um, and we would like keep score to who would get the best, you know, get the most and things like that. Um, and, um, we would, uh, it was a little more cruel, but, um, when I was in El Paso, we had, um, we would do uh guess the stat line and we would, uh, we would, uh, find a big leaguer who had some sort of obscure stat line that would not have necessarily made the news or, you know, you know, sports center or something. And you'd have to say, all right, what was, you know, Will Myers stat line from last night or, you know, something like that. Are you usually pitchers though? Was it, was it like, was it like a guys would have to put a stat line together? Was it like an over under of like, if you're over three, like if you're over, you know, if you went one for one for four and you guessed he went over three, like, how did that how did that scoring turn out for you? Yeah, Will Myers was probably a bad example. It was mostly pitchers, and you had to do, like you would do you would do like innings pitch. Yeah, you do the whole thing: innings pitch, hits, walks, strikeouts, uh, and then we'd go number of pitches and number of strikes within those pitches, and just so close to so two, very close to each category to get a point. Yeah, it's called just 
playing 100. I think that year we played 144 games in that level in AAA. And man, when you're sitting there for three or four hours every night, and you might not play at all, or if you do, it's one inning, and in you know three hours into the game, you got to find something to do. Right. Usually about the fifth inning, we'd kind of chill out and start locking in a little bit more. It was usually the first five innings when we knew we had no chance of playing. Yeah. That's when we that's when we kind of let our minds wander. Did you ever have anything to eat? Did you ever have like a mid-game snack? We always. Were, yeah? Always. What was your go-to snack? Um, fruit snacks. Okay. Oh, that's fruit snacks. Oh, nice. Even the big leagues. Yep. The Welch's in the blue bag, you know, the little... Yes. Yes. I did have, I, yeah. I'd bring a, a few packs down with me. Um, Red Bull, um, things like that. So, yeah, I would do it even in the big leagues. We had some snacks in the bullpen. So a little more high-class snacks, I guess. Right. But... um. Yeah, no, it was always fruit snacks each day, uh, whether I was playing or not. Yeah, no, that was a provision. That was probably a provision in your contract. It's like if you're calling me up to the big leagues, <laughs> I have to have a box of Welch's fruit snacks <laughs> right by my yeah, seat in the it bullpen. Turned in, it, it, it turned into a superstition thing where, like, I would eat it no matter what. And I was actually in San Diego and was doing a uh, community service thing where I was interviewed at, like, an Elks Lodge or something like that, you know, like a... Uh, a group of people and one of the things they asked me was um uh, do you have any superstitions and i said probably not the only thing is probably yeah, you have to eat at least two bags of fruit snacks right before the game starts <laughs> yeah. oh, and next course. thing i know i get back i get to the yeah well it turned into before the game and then i mean i'd eat something barren but uh then i next thing i know i had like 16 Costco sized boxes of fruit snacks in my locker. And the, and the clubbies heard. The PR department told the clubhouse guys about it, and I ended up with a ton of fruit snacks. <laughs> so that was kind of nice, though. All right, man. Well, let's leave you on this one. What is your favorite minor league team name? Oh, at this, like currently? Or of all time? Of all time. All time? Uh, probably the uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas right now. That is oh, a close. A good one. That's a close. That one. Our, our, yeah, that one's probably my favorite. <laughs> the depart. Uh, the show's favorite right now is the Sugarland uh, Space Cowboys. Oh, I didn't know they changed it from the Skeeters. Yeah, they yeah, changed I like, it. I like Space Cowboys. Yeah, they changed it this this year. It's now the Sugarland Space Cowboys. But fun fact: um, the Mobile Baby Bears, the AAA affiliate. Yeah. They renamed to the Rocket City Trash Pandas. So they rebranded, they I moved. It was, yeah, because it was, um, it was the, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Because that team, so I played in Mobile in 2015. And the team that is, Mobile, I believe no, Mobile is no longer right. a team. It was mm-hmm. the, oh, there was a team in that town. I can't think of what it was. But they disbanded, and then they came back and built them a new stadium. And that came to, you know, I'm sure they moved, but the Trash Pandas thing, it was like almost like a rebranding when they got the new stadium. Uh, Amarillo Sod Poodles, though. The Soddies. Very close. I yeah, agree. Very close. Lo- love uh, the Sod Poodles. And then the Wichita, what's the Wichita one? You guys probably know this. The, um, Wichita, the Wichita Fall. Oh, they have a cool Jeff, one. Jeff Wichita. Hold on. It's the Wichita Wind Surge. The Windsor. double the AA cool. affiliate of the Twins. Um, yeah, that one seems kind of cool. Right? What's um, their mascot? It's I I don't. It's a wind. It's a it's a gust of wind. 
Like it, uh, it's kind of like the, the storm chasers. What do you, what's your, what's your mascot if you're a storm chaser? But anyway, thank you so much for stopping by, Keith. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your night, talking with us here. Uh, best of luck with anything, anything that you do. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, thank you. Yep. If you can hear me, thank you. <laughs> we can hear. You. All right. That was Keith Hessler, former big league reliever and minor league reliever for the Diamondbacks and Padres. I'm going to leave you guys with this one. We've got three minutes left. Forgotten on the farm. No, is, right. somebody, is somebody waiting outside the studio, or can we, you know, because, like, nobody else is, like, Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah, it's spring break. We can go for as long as we want. If we want to do a full-on We can do a full hour. Shoot, Let's go. Let's do it. We got nothing so, else to do today. Again, thank you so much, Keith Hessler, fan, uh, friend of the show now. Um... So let's get into it, guys. Minor league, minor league podcast of the week. It's up on deck. This is Jeffrey Hinkle, Jake Brown, okay, well, Jack Bartlett, Ethan Schwager on the phones. Ethan, say hello. Well, I felt I felt kind of weird because I don't want to keep like asking questions because I have like long questions and you probably can only hear half the things I'm saying. Yeah, um, I don't know. We can hear you. We, we can hear, hear you now. pretty can clearly hear you. now. You're you're good now. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we don't. Now okay. That, now that we don't need you to to talk to somebody, you're you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded that, so mean. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Schlager. I love you. Um, yeah, I love you too. Um, you know the the story about the fruit snacks. Um, that's kind of funny because like I used to before I would go to school every day, I'd take like two three bags of those and eat those as my breakfast, right? And like that was one time breakfast? I'm, I'm for breakfast, Shrakes. yeah. <laughs> well, Shrakes, I mean, come on, man. All right. So big. So big I would go to swim practice. He's not done. I He's not done. No. <laughs> and like I was one time, and then I'm flying to Arizona, and I have like 20 bags of fruit snatches in my backpack, and they ask me at security, they're like, "Do you have any food in your backpack?" I'm like. No, like, I don't think so. And then I go through and they just individually keep, and I'm almost going to miss my flight. Because they just keep individually grabbing a bag, and they have to pat it down and all that. It's just like 20 bags of these things. So I really relate to the uh, to the loving the uh, Welsh's fruit snacks. Nice. Well, well great job. <laughs> thank you. Thank good you, job. Good job, Schwager. Thank you, Schwager. Almost missed your flight over fruit snacks. Um, so big day in minor league baseball today. Today is the first day of minor league spring training since major league spring training doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Minor league spring training is still going on, though. And today is the first day of spring training. Jake, do you want to tell everybody how you found out that today was the first day of major league or minor league baseball spring training? Yeah, I was just scrolling through my I was scrolling in bed on Instagram stories, looked at our friend of the show, Randy Bednar's Instagram story, and uh, he posted about his locker in Peoria, uh, in Peoria um, Spring Complex or Training Complex. So, minor league spring training is here, folks. Even though the yeah. majors couldn't get a deal under, even though the majors couldn't get a deal done, minors are still going on this year. Please, if anybody else out there is listening, go support your local minor league baseball team, and. You and know, college. And, and college. And college, yes. College baseball is heating up. It's a very, very good season this year, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, all right, so anybody also, got, anybody got, go ahead, Jake. Also, we need, since the Mariners are doing minor league games to the public this year, we all need to hit up uh, Peoria sometime. We should. That should be the first thing on the TikTok. By the way, yes. follow us on TikTok Ooh. at up on deck underscore is the same, the same exact thing. 
as it is on our Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter, same exact username. Um, so news and updates. Anybody got anything other than it's the first day of minor league spring training? Um, I mean, Rob, Rob Manfred, but that's MLB stuff. Schwager, what's up? I said the Basha Bears beat um, beat Castillo thirteen to six. Now that's the big high news school. That's yeah. The newsworthy thing about that was the pitchers duel was between a uh, uh, University of San Diego commit versus a University of Arizona commit. Two guys who you'll likely to see in minor league baseball in the next few years. And uh, the final score is thirteen to six. Cool. Well, pitchers, I mean, pitchers... if we're just giving out random baseball stats. Jacob Walker, the starting pitcher for ASU, went six and a third with three strikeouts, six hits, and only two runs. What's the score right now for ASU? ASU is tied. With UC Irvine? Yes. Two to two. Yes. What inning of the end? Um, they. UC Irvine, legendary. Oh, I mean, it's if the we're ninth talking about minor league mascots, you got a rope rope in. UC Irvine um, as a college mascot because that one would fit top of the list, you know, if it was a minor league team. True. The UC Irvine Anteaters. UCI, zot, zot, zot. Oh, that's why it is you made the post. Yeah. It it got me so mad because because they did the same. I got what they were doing with that tweet, but they did the same wrong. They posted on Twitter, sometimes you're the ant, sometimes to the eater. Because they lost, right. but sometimes through the hand, ant, sometimes through the shoe. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the saying. Yeah. ASU baseball dropped the ball twice in one day on that on that tweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, Jeffrey, you posted uh, you in the up on deck group chat that the El Paso Chihuahuas are bringing back the carne asada fries in 2022. Big it's, food guys, big food guys on the show. <laughs> Those, That's a if, huge if you guy. don't, if you don't follow the El Paso Chihuahuas Twitter page and you want to see some bomb carne asada fries, <laughs> go follow El Paso Chihuahuas Twitter page. And I have literally started planning a trip to El Paso just for some of these carne asada <laughs> fries. Wait, and, uh, we're going to put down our TikTok as well. <laughs> have you guys heard of Mr. Fries, man? It's Mr. in Tempe. It's like no. a new restaurant. It's Taco kinda... Boys, Taco Boys, carne asada fries for life. No, man, no, man. I got to put you on Mr. Fries, man, man. All right, okay. <laughs> so, and the only way, reason I bring it up is because when you sent the, the carne asada thing, the picture of it looked the exact same as the Mr. Fries, man, fries. It's in Tempe. It's right off of Veterans it's right across and College. The stadium, right across the stadium, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right across the street from the football stadium. It's like it just opened up a couple weeks ago. So good. It's a little pricey, but like so good. Nice. Do we have any other minor league news or updates or anything or any cool new promos that we wanna we wanna put out into the uh, into the Blazerverse? Into the Blazerverse? Into the Blazerverse. <laughs> Is that like, like a Marvel spinoff? I mean, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Could be. Um, okay, so without further ado, this is my my favorite time of the night. Uh, it is time for the Picker Wheel. If you are unfamiliar, since we haven't done the Picker Wheel in a little bit, um, 
basically we spin a wheel, lands on a team, lands on the major league team. We'll highlight all of their minor league affiliates, top prospects, and most likely to get a promotion out of those top prospects. So let's do this thing, the picker wheel. Here we go. It'll sound like it's freaking out. Don't worry, it's not. The okay, so Jake, we're going over to you. It is the Philadelphia Phillies today. All right, the Philadelphia Phillies. They are in Philadelphia, of course, and their minor league teams are the Lee Valley Iron Pigs, great name, the Reading Fighting Phils, the Jersey Shore Blue Claws, <laughs> and the Queer Water Threshers. So that's from AAA to Low A. The Fighting Phils. The Fighting Phil. Go Phils, babe. Go oh. Phils. That's like, that reminds me of Modern Family. Like, <laughs> Phil Dumphy just fighting a guy. I don't know why, but that's just a straight one. The Clearwater Threshers is definitely, definitely a pretty good name. Oh, yeah. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember the first time I saw that, I'm like, what the heck is a thresher? Turns out, it's a shark. It's oh. like it's a it's like a black finned tipped shark. Is it like a big shark or a small? It's a shark? smaller shark, but oh, okay. it like it can it can pack a punch. It's like small but mighty. Well, uh, he hasn't seen me yet. <laughs> <laughs> small but mighty. Are we talking about Jake on the show now? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they're they're A ball affiliates. Both of them have great names. The Jersey Shore Blue Claws. That's mm-hmm. a crab. Yes, By it the is. Way, if, any, if any of you and, are and, wondering. And it's not on the TV show, unfortunately, I don't think. <laughs> I, I don't think, but there's plenty of crabs on that Jersey Shore TV show, I can guarantee you that. But maybe not those kinds of crabs. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, their top five prospects right now are right-handed pitcher Mick Abel, shortstop Bison, or excuse me, Bryson Scott. Right-handed Scott. Stott. I'm yeah. sorry, I cannot read. Or I can read. I just <laughs> chose not to. Chose not to. <laughs> um, right-handed pitcher Andrew Painter, right-handed pitcher Hans Kraus, and right-handed pitcher Francisco Morales. So they're really up on these right-handed pitchers, um, and most likely to get a major league promotion, in my opinion. If we look at, I think Mick Abel is on his way, but he's in single A right now. I would have to look at Bryson Stott. Uh, he is in triple A right now. Uh, he, his ETA is 2022 and he is 24 years old, so he is prime ready for the major leagues. If we just look at his stats from last season, uh, if I can pull him up in triple A, in 10 games, he hit 303. Uh, not a home run hitter, so he, but he did hit a home run, uh, and an, and three RBI, but he mostly played in double A Reading. Uh, 80 games, uh, had 94 hits, 22 of them were doubles, 10 home runs, 36 ribbies, and a 301 average. So he's hitting very well uh, in the minor leagues, uh, and he will most likely replace Didi Gregorius at shortstop and maybe throw Scott Kingery out there in the outfield. So, Yeah, no, and go ahead, Schweiger. Well, I want to go down to, you know, and it's funny when you look at these prospect lists, list, like the guys who are on the 40 man roster, like don't have a face because the negotiations are a lockout. Yeah. Um, but Mickey Moniak, number 17th on their list, you know, he was like the number one overall pick in 2016. Um, 
it's just kind of it, – it's always interesting to see kind of the fall-off of some players, and, and you always wish the best for them no matter what team they're with because, you know, you, we, we've just talked to a couple guys. We know how hard the grind is in the minor leagues, and one day you're at the top of your game uh, going into, you know, going into the minor leagues, and all of a sudden you get you fall behind. Speaking um, of oh, – sorry, Shwakes, sorry, Shwakes. But speaking of high well, draft well, picks no, – Andrew Payton, Painter, was yeah. taken pretty high, right? Yeah, he was a first-rounder. Yeah, and, and that was last season, right? Something like that. Yeah, he was, he was drafted pretty, I, I think it was last yeah, year. Yeah, he, he was drafted last year because he's currently 18 years of age, so he is younger than all of us. Um, but also, I should note that Hans Kraus has already made the majors. Uh, he just, you know, hasn't, he only played in two games and started twice. Um, and then Francisco Morales is on the 40-man roster, but I don't expect him to uh, be up in the majors yet because in the minors he was not very good. He had a 6.28 ERA in 91.2 innings in the minors between Reading and mostly at Reading and in Lee Valley. Lee yeah. Valley. Lehigh. Lehigh. Lehigh Valley. Yep. So, well, what I was going to go back to is just like because my my favorite story about a Phillies minor leaguer is how Mickey Moniak got his childhood best friend to get an ass tattoo because he uh, because he was drafted in the of his autograph and and he was picked number one overall in 2016 so that bet was paid for the next year. Yeah, and I mean talk about talk about friend of the friend of the show. Uh, so I grew up with Blake Rutherford who is in the White Sox organization. And his call or his high school teammate was Mickey Moniak, and it was really funny because um, I would just see him like I would see him tweet out on draft day. It's like, oh, Mickey doesn't deserve to like go that high, yada yada yada. He's gonna be a flop. And I'm like, yeah, you got drafted number one, number one overall. Like you're probably just giving him crap. But then, oh, how the mighty have fallen, and Mickey Moniak is like now, you know, he's he's number seventeen on that Phillies on that Phillies prospects list. So. You know, I, I don't know, man. Blake it's, hasn't made the majors. He yet. hasn't made the majors yet either, but he's a lot higher on that White Sox that White Sox organization list than uh, than Mickey is on the on the Phillies list. How's the White Sox farm system doing? They're, so we we haven't landed on them on the picker wheel yet, so <laughs> we're not going to talk about the White Sox yet. You just have to be patient. We just have to. We just have to. I know you desperately want to talk to, about the White Sox. So yeah, they're my favorite team. They're your favorite I love team. The White Sox. In that false, <laughs> fake, fake, <laughs> fake news. fan. Any fake really news. like any professional sports team that is black and white and like kind of resembles like thug kind of vibe. AKA the White Sox and the Raiders. Just like it's on principle that I probably hate them. <laughs> the Spurs. <laughs> the Spurs are black and white, but they don't really have the, the thug vibe going. Anyway. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. So this is now the somber part of the show. And I should mm. I should play the somber music here. Let's play the somber music. Um Jake, do you wanna You got a friend? Jake, do you no, want to? No, not you. Got a friend in me. Want to elaborate a little bit while I play this this somber music, or get it get it going real quick. Cue in the violin. Um. So, let's talk about friends of friends <laughs> of the show. Um. So we're gonna go into Forgotten on the Farm now. Um. Let's see if I can cue up this this music real quick. Jake, talk about something real quick. 
So, how about your how about your Seattle Seahawks real quick? Let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about side. how uh, the Seahawks traded their franchise quarterback uh, for uh, Drew Locke. Yeah, um, uh, Jack's favorite quarterback. And, Second. <laughs> Second. And uh, behind Patty Mahomes. Yeah. And uh, all right, release, we're, gonna save, and, we're gonna save that and then for release uh, Bobby Wagner. <laughs> we're gonna save that depressed. for Best of the West. I'm this sad. is a minor league, a minor league baseball podcast. So uh, you told me to talk about anything I wanted. And then, yeah, but now you don't have the time to talk about it. Okay, he was just baiting you to talk, so then he could shut you up. Now, now we should. <laughs> this is perfect timing. <laughs> so this is this is forgotten on the farm. When somebody this is. <laughs> The, uh, sorry, I'm tearing up here. This is the, the point of the show where we highlight a former minor league baseball team that is now no longer with us. R.I.P. R.I.P. Rip. Gone but never forgotten. Gone but never forgotten. So, sticking with the the Keith Hessler vibe, um, he played for the Mobile Bay Bears, who are now no longer... No longer a team. Mm, um, rip. They were around from 1997 until 2019. 22 years. 22 years. They were affiliated with the Padres, the Diamondbacks, and the Angels. Some notable alumni include Max Scherzer, Paul Goldschmidt, Mad Max. Mad Max. That's two Mizzou guys we've, we've talked about today. Yo, everyone on the like show huge. loves Mad Max Scherzer. So Max Scherzer, Paul Goldschmidt, um, Justin Upton, and Trevor Bauer all came Who? through. Yeah, the last one we don't have to say. We have to say him again. Um, they all went through Mobile, Alabama down there. Um, why? Why did they leave? And why did they leave Mobile? Um, the team was sold, and like Keith said, they were renamed the the Rocket City Trash Pandas. So. Which is a better name, I agree, but unfortunate for those fans in Mobile, Alabama. They get the Senior Bowl, though. They do get the Senior Bowl, but now the Rocket City Trash Pandas take over the Mobile Bay Bears. And were they any good? They did win a couple league championships. They won four league titles in 1998, the year that I was born, in 2004, 2011 and 2012. They were a double. (laughs) (laughs) They were a double A team, and they were gone way too soon. Never forgotten. So, let's let's cue up the Sarah McLaughlin here. That was beautiful. Thank you. That Thank was, you, Jeffrey. That was that, I, I was tearing up. You're very welcome. I love how Ethan was berating me uh, through the entire first third of the song. <laughs> <laughs> that but anyway, was like, honestly, perfect timing. I know. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Thank you, guys. Was, Thank you. Um, but the Rocket City Trash Wait, Pandas. Were you playing music? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's why we started laughing after your little rant. 
Because there was music playing over it the entire time. No, I can't, I can't hear the music. I, don't, like, I'm, I was unaware that that was going on. What was playing? You know what? It's better that way. Oh, my gosh. So we should only have Schwager call in. Like, this is how we should have it done. No, so, okay. Bro, so, I make this so funnier no matter what happens. That's true, Schwager. That's true. You're a comic relief on the show. Um... It wasn't anyway, an insult. It was, it was not an insult. I agree. Schwager, we love you. Schwager, thank you. Thank you so much for being on our show. No. Wow. Dead air. Dead air. Wow. 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 He gave us the silent treatment. Schwager's got nothing to say back. No, 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 no. That's okay. No, I don't Wait, like let him talk. Let him talk. So it's 47 to 51, Louisville's down three, and the guy makes, like, a, a shot from the logo to make it three. Leaves this is one a minor league baseball <laughs> podcast. Swagger, this is what This is not college basketball. At the very least, yeah, be but watching, like, ASU baseball right now. basketball starts with the letter B, where football doesn't even start with letter B, so it's kind of close, you know? I mean, the first what? the first couple letters are Don't even know what you're talking Shred. about. No, he, it was, he was going off of the. Uh, I was trying to stall while you were talking about um, the the Seahawks thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anybody have anything else before I go into? Is this minor league? Is this a minor league promo? No, please, please have something else because I still I, it's it's still uh, I'm still trying to find that that minor league promo Twitter page. Uh, yeah, so watch minor league baseball because there very well might not be a. Major League season. What, what is your, um, have any of y'all been to a minor league game? I want to ask that question. Uh, I haven't been to, like, a minor league team that's affiliated with a major league team. Mm-hmm. But I have Schwake been Venom. to an independent team before. Okay. Um, Sweet. Yeah. I have watched, I watched Manny Machado play in, in Bowie, double A. Um, my friend, it was his birthday, um, and... They actually had like, and Brian Roberts was doing rehab at the time, oh, and nice. um, they, they had I have the birthday kids. There were two of them got to announce over the PA like the players, and this one kid goes and he says, um, "Now batting Brian Roberts." Because there was like a whole battle, so my friend goes uh, gets to announce Manny Machado, and now you know look at how much he's making. Yeah, I got to see Mike Yastrzemski play in Bowie uh, when he was still in the Orioles organization. And I did uh, do, um, when I was living in Washington State, I did the national anthem with my children's choir uh, at a Tacoma Rainiers game, but I remember nothing of that game. And I have the audio from that. I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I wish I had the audio from that game. So let's let's start the, uh, the Is This a Minor League promo. I'll um, see if I can get my mom to find the video. We're going to. We're going to. Oh, I didn't share my minor league baseball experience. Um I am actually in the Lancaster Jethawks Hall of Fame. Fun oh. fact. Wait, you're serious? Yeah, I am in the Lancaster Jethawks Southern California Baseball Hall of Fame. Huh. Is what it's So my my little league baseball team mm-hmm. was like fifteen and 0. What? Like we, we went Bruh. We had a, such a good team. Like literally there were kids on my team that got drafted out of high school. It was oh, insane. Okay. But the Lancaster Jethawks, which um which were a I'm not going to say which are a high A affiliate of the Astros. Oh, boo. Boo. Um, they were. That, that's going to be on Forgotten on the Farm next time. But um, I am in their I am in their Hall of Fame for what it's worth. 
So that was my very first experience with minor league baseball. Uh, my second experience was last year, right, actually a week before I was supposed to move here for college, I was supposed to go to a Rancho Cucamonga Quakes game, but it got canceled due to COVID, and uh, I drove an hour and a half for nothing. So mm, that's a sad day. Cue the uh, cue the Sarah McLaughlin. I was I was going to go to an Amarillo uh, Armadillos game, not the Sod Poodles. It's an independent league game, but uh, it got rained out, so it was sad. <laughs> anyway, so let's go into is this a minor league promo or cool. not? Cool. Um, so you know how in the Midwest, like the North Midwest, they have these things called fish fries. Have you ever been to a thing called a fish fry? Uh, or have you ever heard of fish oh, fries? I've, had I've, fish heard, fries. I've heard of fish, fry, fish I've fries. Fish fries. So the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, who I have mentioned on this show before, mm-hmm. have yes. probably some of the best promos out there. But I did make up one from the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, if you, if you recall on this show. Mm-hmm. So they are having a fish fry night. Is that, is that cap or is that true? That's true. Schwager? I, I call fact. I'm going to call fact as well. Yeah, it's fact. It's happening on April 22nd at the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers game. So fish fry before the game, and then you get to enjoy a minor league baseball game. Nothing better. I think that's the first one we've all gotten right. I think it is. I honestly, I think it I is. Think I, I don't Round think I, I haven't applause. got one wrong. I'm perfect. Wow, wow. Swagger. Okay. You're so um, cool. Watching me get this one wrong now. <laughs> <laughs> so, staying in Wisconsin, um, in the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, they, before their game on opening day, actually, before their game on April 8th, they're having a cookout, like a barbecue cookout, and the winner of the barbecue cookout gets to throw out the first pitch of the game. Factor cap. I'm going to call cap. I think that's a little convoluted. I'm going to go fast. I. You're the tiebreaker. You're tiebreaker, Jack. I'll go fact. It's cap. Let's I go! Completely, I completely made it up. No, they. So the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers are doing something with a cookout. Um, they are doing, so they do this thing called the food fight where it's a barbecue mm-hmm. and the barbecue winner gets their burger put on the menu ah. at the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers game. That's so they, don't sick. Get to, so they don't get to throw out the first pitch, but they do get to have it on the menu. Right, exactly. Um, for like a They should a throw the burger out like... for the first pitch. <laughs> Is so it imagine like, like a glove full of mustard. <laughs> is it like for a game or like for the season? It's uh I think for let me see. So um yeah, it's the sweet, savory, and salty burger on the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers menu all season. Mm. So Nice. It's a pretty cool promo, honestly. Um I, w- I hope you can make money off your burger. I, I really I hope they get their their name and likeness attached to the burger, and I hope they uh, I hope they make money. So, lastly, the Lake Elsinore Storm are doing a promo every Tuesday in the season, um, and it's between it's between section and section, right? So it's like the you know the the section wide games that they play at, at games all the time. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's called a Trivia Tuesday. 
So okay. each section in the ballpark. I believe it. I believe it. Already, you don't have to go into the details. Just let him speak. <laughs> let my fans speak. Shrags, I want to. Swagger, do you know questions. how easily I can just press off and you're off the show? <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. I won't do that to you, Swagger. We love you. Um. Anyway. So they're doing tribute. See, you ruin you ruin my my uh, my whole spiel. But anyway, factor cap trivia Tuesday's factor cap. I'm going to call fact. Jack. Fact. Schwager, you already said fact. It's a fact. It's happening. Section section versus section trivia in Lake Elsinore, California, in Storms baseball every Tuesday. And from your Wednesday crew here on Up on Deck, the only show. That focuses on minor league baseball on Blaze Radio. And the only crew. And the only crew. Yeah, right. But anyway, my name is Jeffrey Hinkle. I'm alongside Jake Brown. Boop. Jack Bartlett. Go Ethan Royals. Sh- <laughs> Ethan Schweiger on the phone. Go Nats. Everybody, <laughs> have a great night. Be nice to each other. and uh, Watch minor some, league baseball. Drink some water. Enjoy your spring break. 